we've touched on the big G before. No, that's not, no. Oh God. <laughs> that's what she said. That's what happens when you don't have usual nicknames for the man upstairs. Hey everyone, it's Haley and guess who's back with me? Brooke! Yay! Brooke has returned to the land of California. I have, and this is Dead Folks Podcast. And we are going to talk about God. Lowercase for me, uppercase for Brooke. the need to say a disclaimer up front i just want to say that you know i think that everyone's faith journey is unique and specific and i'm not sitting here saying that i am speaking on behalf of christians or christianity at all you know i still have a a very kind of nascent faith myself and i'm still figuring stuff out in a large way So I don't want it to be like I'm telling you this is how Jesus is because (laughs) this is your I'm not a mental health professional disclaimer, but for God. So we've we've talked a little we've touched on God before, um, but it's always sort of been through the angle of me being like Christians get on my nerves because I've felt oppressed by them my whole life. And Brooke being like, they're not so bad, but we haven't really (laughs) covered it from the angle of how we cope, whether that be through faith in religion or through faith in other things or just through other things. And um, we thought that that would be an interesting conversation because we're very different in our beliefs and still friends and still totally supportive of one another's freedom to have whatever beliefs they want. But I do think this is an area we haven't necessarily talked much about even in real life, even not on the show. I know. And that kind of surprises me. I kind of like to think like, you won't get mad if I scoff at horoscopes. <laughs> and I won't get mad if you scoff at me going to like Christmas services. Yeah. <laughs> Which like if people would just let other people scoff at them just a little bit, then maybe we'd have to We'd all be rewards. okay. Well, that's part of it is is just treating it like that and not like you have to intervene. That. I'm getting off track maybe a little bit, but mm-hmm. our friend Michelle posted something on Facebook about homosexuality as a word not being in old versions of the Bible before mm. translation started happening. And um, whether you choose to believe whatever version of whatever thing you want, she did have a friend on there who was like, isn't it our job to tell people? Which to me, I'm just like, we've heard it. You've told us. Like, no, we don't need it. Like, Well, and it's so funny, too, because I would say, and again, I'm going to say as a Christian, but I really want to make it real clear. I'm not speaking for all Christians because I feel like there's quite a few Christians who would hear that and be like, that bitch. They're, they're but very different sects yeah, of but Christians. They would not say bitch because they're very much more holy than me, probably. But they would disown a child. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, they've got their priorities in order. For me. Sorry, I'm going to try to keep my resentment to a minimum of this show. <laughs> um, I don't. I won't take it personal. It's not no, personal. No, I, I won't. And, and, you know, I'm just here to love you through it. Thanks. 
And that I got from good old Jesus Cristo. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I, I really, if somebody is saying, like, isn't it our job to tell homosexuals that they're going to hell? I would be like, well, I don't know. I mean, isn't our job to live as Christ-like a life as possible? Well, let's look at Christ's life. What did he do? Okay, he fed some people at a party, made sure they had wine. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> he uh, died, metaphorically or really, for our sins. That was pretty dope of him. <laughs> uh, he forgave his friends for kind of being douchey, although really it's your fault for having only 12 dudes as your friends. Everyone knows guys suck. Well, it oh, could have been for- female friends that they just, the men later decided not to write about. Fair enough, fair enough. Is, it's you know. the, the patriarchy and the misogyny of Christianity is a, a bitter pill to swallow. All I'm saying is, if, I'm look, if I consider my chief job as a Christian to be as Christ-like as possible, then all I see me doing is becoming a vegan, making wine and or serving it, and just loving the fuck out of people, no matter what happens. Right. To me, it's that that makes cr- Christianity. And it's it's that kind of bottomless love that helped me f- forgive my mother after her death. Yeah. I love all of that. I don't necessarily think of Jeezy Creasy as my main <laughs> man. But, um, Wait, can we decide what we're going to call him so I it's like, not awkward every time? Just We'll just keep it awkward. I love it. I love okay. keeping it awkward, yeah. of course. I mean, it is Dead Folk Podcast. <laughs> He's a very famous Dead Folk. <laughs> I mean, it really... Or, I mean, is he is alive? He, current? I don't know. I don't think we're allowed to think of him as dead as Christians. But isn't the whole thing about him coming back? Yeah, resurrected. And then Can he you come back if you're heaven? already alive? I guess. But I mean, we're going to get emails. <laughs> we're going to get actual. Let's make what? people mad so we no, can I get. No, I don't want to make no? anybody oh, mad. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, but I do want to be corrected if I'm wrong. What I will say. We still haven't even touched on the grief part that we're planning to address. But uh, No, I actually totally brought it back to that. So oh, you did. Yeah. That's true. You're Sorry. welcome. I haven't. But if I were going to believe in the Christian version of divinity i had a former professor in college his name is jarvis streeter he was a beautiful wonderful perfect man he wasn't perfect that's one of the things i liked about him he wrote a book called god and the universe and i highly recommend it for people who are more progressive uh christian types and it's basically about the history of the universe framed through the angle of science through the lens of someone who's a christian so if i can read that book and still be like i'm not sure about this then that would i think be the only book that would ever like push me over the edge but what i will say about it is his whole thing personified in his writings in his teachings everything about him was always about returning to that agopic state of love that Jesus had. And I am super down with that. I think that that is, if that is the, I, I know that Christians might listen, some Christians. And again, anytime I'm talking about Christians, I'm also not talking about every type. I'm talking about a specific breed that I grew up with and felt very under the thumb of my whole life. It's all the other stuff just, I think it's more that I'm a skeptic because I know there's so much human and especially male human and power and money grabbing type human influence in all of it that I just have to go none of that's for me yeah. you know yeah. so 
I hear that. I, I don't agree, but I, I, I hear yeah. what you're saying and respect your point of view. Um, so uh, let's bring it back to grief since that's what the podcast is ostensibly about. <laughs> Some mean, weeks. I mean, <laughs> I'll sit here and talk all day about how much I feel about X, Y, and Z. Right. But, but yeah, at least a third of each of our episodes is about <laughs> death. <laughs> so let's talk about how God either did or didn't help us. And if didn't what else I know that when my mom died my aunt and a few other people had said to me something along the lines of if you don't have God I don't know how you get through it it was so close to when my mom died when she and other people were originally asking that that of course at that time you're like how am I gonna get through this like (laughs) shit I don't have a plan (laughs) I don't have like a thing that I can just go to and know that this is like the one thing I will say is Christians like they have it down like whether you're Catholic or whatever else like it's like do this and this will help you feel this way but for me I mean I blew up my entire life like and was just like well this isn't working you know I don't I don't want to be in this same spot I think initially I just tried to like be like okay you, you just get up out of the bed and put one foot in front of the other and try it and see what happens. And it wasn't working. Like, like just moving on with my, my life without acknowledging it wasn't working. So I was like, okay, I've got to change some things. So changing things for me became a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. It became quitting my job, moving, deciding to go back to grad school and all of the whole thinking about grad school wasn't even a possibility in my head until I had an inheritance that I knew could cover some of it. Because even though I could have always gone out and got financial aid for the whole thing, I would have never allowed myself that. So when I had money, and I knew I'm not someone who plans on ever having kids, and the thought, you know, I should have invested in real estate because that's what smart people with money do to make more money. But I don't know this because I've been poor my whole life. So what I did. Wait, okay. Also, (laughs) fuck that. Who wants to just make more money? That's gross. What you're doing is way more valuable. Go. Fair enough. But I wish I had spent the money to make more money and then use that (laughs) money for the education. In any case. Okay. Grad school was not something I would have considered, even though I think I've always wanted to go since I was in undergrad. And then once I looked into that, even though I'm not Christian, I do feel, I do have a weird hippie belief in like energy. If we're made of stardust and we're made of water and we're connected to the stars and the ocean tides and the, and the phases of the moon and all of that, like I believe if you can feel all that, there are moments in your life where things just sort of sync up. And there are moments where they don't and they feel jammed. And those moments that feel sort of serendipitous and right and like in your gut where you just know very much when I decided on school, it felt like that was going to be my thing. And I remember when I applied my cover letter, (laughs) I just straight up admitted it. I was like, I, I don't care about the paper. I'm not doing this to get an MFA. I'm doing this because I need to find a way to heal. And I believe focusing on myself and on my art for a few years is going to be the way to do that. And yeah. I think I was right. And the weird thing is, I think that she was part of that. You know, to me, going inside 
because my my grad school program for anyone who hasn't listened to previous episodes isn't like I'm not like just jammed in a textbook reading about math or or politics or something like that like it is an interdisciplinary arts degree that is really based in somatics and self and so it's all internal it's all about like realizing who I am coming to terms with who my identity is and how it shifted so much since all this has happened with my mom's cancer and death and learning to be now but also learning to move forward and with like acceptance and love for myself with coming out of having a very horrible relationship with the God that I said my whole life I didn't believe in like to me God freaked me out a bit like when we were young and in Sunday school and I had this Sunday school teacher who would talk about she'd be like close your eyes and imagine heaven forever and just imagine being in a mansion and gold streets and and your families you know singing songs around you forever and of course I'm this very curious pensive kid and I'm like trying to picture forever and I'm like (laughs) my first panic attack like this sounds terrible this sounds boring this sounds like the opposite of everything you tell us that we should want and then she would be like and now close your eyes and imagine the opposite oh my god your skin is burning you're screaming you're eyeballs are like just painting this terrible picture and like forever and there's no way out of it and there's no redemption and so I just kind of very early on was like fuck God is a bully and you're a bully and everyone associated with this (laughs) is cruel and fucked up and I don't like it and it makes me anxious and so I think God has always anything around it has always just made me anxious and nervous and shame filled and so it was like I had to shed all of that, which I'm still shedding it. Yeah, I, will, yeah. I will spend my entire life getting over the shame of the first 20, 30 years of my life. But I will say the similarity is there's been so much meditation and so much self-reflection and so much journaling and all that kind of stuff, which really, in a lot of ways, I look at, you know, I've got my mom's old prayer journals. They're very similar. Like, we don't call them the same things. She would say, you know, if it's not Jesus, then it doesn't matter. (laughs) But to me, it's the same. It's like how most world religions have like these very same core values. And then all the rest of it, you can go, well, that's the human stuff. And then you pull away, strip it down to the bare minimum. And and they're all pretty similar. Yeah, pretty damn close. Yeah. You know, it's so funny listening to you talk about that, like deep spiritual surety knowing what you were doing was right and and you know I will say that you are very in tune with like the world and where you're at and like I don't have any of that and I think my experience of Christianity of faith is entirely in the absence of spiritual moments like that not that I don't have moments of like intense spiritual moments where I feel like I've exited my corporeal being and entered into like a greater consciousness but my experience of specifically Christianity is is it it doesn't look like that I'm a little jealous of you right now like (laughs) I wish I did like have those clear sure moments but for me faith and 
Christianity and the idea of absolute good and the bottomless love of creator is what I have because I don't I, I so rarely feel what you just talked about feeling mm. like I have faith because I don't feel those moments of spiritual power what I do get from it is courage to keep moving when I don't feel that or when I feel nothing I think that there are things that I have done since becoming a Christian that I would never have had the the bravery to do before I found that because I feel like I can say really clearly like this is right and I need to stand up for it even if there's a shitty fallout do you just mean like standing up for people when it's hard kind of thing yeah I do I mean standing up for people when it's hard I mean saying truths that are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. was the single most helpful thing in in learning to grieve her I think what's interesting about what both of us are saying, two things. One, I don't think either of us are the best representations of either <laughs> side because because I'm a little too spiritual. I, I don't even like that word. Uh-huh. Like all the words, I hate all the words. Uh-huh. I don't like any of the words, but... <laughs> But I, I, I do feel I, I fucking meditate every day. Like I'm I am a person who cares very much about my connection to whatever I feel connected to, whatever sort of whether it's divinity or my daemon or the universe or whatever. Yeah. I hate all the words. I don't want to name it. That's why I don't like talking about it. Um, because but I what think what do we always say? We say you have I know, to name it. That's true. And then you are like, well, I don't go to church every week, and I'll say the word bitch. But <laughs> so we're not the perfect examples. Yeah. But but you know maybe that's it. Is that everybody's a little more fluid than things like to make out? Yeah. You know. I do. I think ultimately, wherever we're placing that energy, we're both talking about like that agopic, unconditional, deep love being the thing that saved us both in different ways and for you it was finding it in God and for me it was for the first time really being able to find it in myself yeah they are remarkably similar but like you said like that's why all of humanity's religions have those things of spirituality and I just think it's interesting though that for me so much of it was leaving myself like almost setting myself aside like setting my hurt and my pain and my frustration aside and mine was coming to myself and finding it and acknowledging it and saying it's okay to have it and you don't have to feel like a horrible person for having it yeah and mine was again not like I don't acknowledge it like I acknowledge it and 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 saying but it doesn't have to be acknowledging it is different than carrying it and I didn't have to carry it. Yeah. Because there's things outside of you that are big, that are beautiful, that you can't reach, you can't hold on to if you're busy carrying around all this other stuff. Right. And part of that is like myself, my ego. Like I would love to be one of those like completely egoless artists that just like. Oh, I know. Me too. Just like creates <laughs> and doesn't care. And like, right. it's like, well, and I really, I mean, I work on it. <laughs> I fail, but I work on it. Same here. <laughs> I'm just being like, well, you know, what am I, what is, what, what am I doing? What am I trying to say with this? What yeah. am I trying to create? 
where where what energy am I trying to manifest in the world which I think is true too for my experience of faith it's not about like for me like and again I just want to say I used to be really good at going to church but then I stopped doing that not for any specific reason other than work and sleep um but on the rare times when I do go to church and I do take communion there is something so I'm gonna say it profound (laughs) and primal Mm -hmm. and feels as old as the earth in that bread and wine in that that flesh and blood I can, I think there is something that intrigues me, like whenever I go to church services or to funerals that are in churches, to see those elements, they're like rooted in the same things theater and performance are rooted in. So I I see the appeal and the comfort in ritual. But I also, I think from years of skepticism and anger and frustration also feel a little like, know when you that's see bullshit. Yeah, yeah yeah I, I just get a little like oh that's silly but um I do I hate to admit that I think sometimes when I'm sitting there and I see it and I go oh I that that's kind of interesting like that part's kind of cool yeah <laughs> and I think you had an entirely more traumatizing experience with and and my church was nothing like that we didn't even do that with we religion yeah we we didn't have communion or anything like that I one of the th- things that bothers me about Christians is when they get on the whole like how can you be and, and I won't say that I'm an atheist because I feel like that's a theism that I'm not as well. But like, how can you not believe in a God or care about it and be a good person? I think it's like a common misconception and it's one that is is rampant in my family. Oh. And I'm like, you could look at me <laughs> and acknowledge that I'm not a bad person. I think that's part of the reason I'm going to start getting. T- I think that's part of the reason why I felt like a shit person my whole life is when you have people say stuff like that and you know you're like because there's a there's me because I want to be a good person and I don't have to do it for somebody else yeah. and that should be enough and I think I spent my whole life it took my mom dying and me coming back to myself to go these answers can just be you um mm. and that you're good enough and that you're just and that you're good period mm. um there's that Mary Oliver poem. I almost want to look it up. It friggin' love Mary Oliver. Do you know Oliver. which one I'm talking about? No, but look at that shit up because I fucking love me some Mary Oliver. <laughs> and I love me some Jesus. And I just said, fuck. So you guys got to make peace with that somehow. <laughs> Jesus already has. He's like shrugging his shoulders. All like, ay, 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 yellow. Okay, do you want to hear it? Uh-huh. Read okay. it. Read it real pretty. I had this. I When I went sober, when I turned 30, I printed this out and it has followed me from every living situation, which I, I move every two years. Let's be honest. Brooke really hates how many couches I've had since we've known each other. It bothers her so much. How many couches have I had? Just, so, okay. Sometimes I get rid of couches just to piss her off. Okay, but how many couches have I had since you met me? Two. How many couches have you had I since you met tell me? You. I couldn't tell you. Mm, all right. Read some And words. I want you to know, I get them used and I recycle them back to the thrift stores. I'm not like throwing out couches willy nilly. Like right, some you know what? Let's Harley, listen. Hollywood starlet who rides <laughs> jets to the couch store. Okay. Mary Oliver poem. Jets to the couch store. <laughs> okay. 
we're gonna we're gonna be and we need our listeners to be prepared because the energy is gonna shift real hard when i start this phone okay (laughs) you do not have to be good you do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves tell me about your despair yours and i will tell you mine meanwhile the world goes on Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. I love that. It's called Wild Geese by Mary Oliver, the late Mary Oliver. She was wonderful. Who? <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I love how vulnerable you are. <laughs> You're just so brave. Can I say that I haven't felt truly lonely since my mom died? Wow. That's a long, that's three years. And divorce. Now, I have had some cats in there. <laughs> that's part of it. But I think... That really resonated with me. I don't know. I'm like this weird combination of like spiritual, like I want to believe in crystals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want to believe in Jesus Crazy. I want to believe in crystals, Haley. I want to look at a cloud formation and say, oh, I should move to Ohio and write a play. <laughs> Like, I want to know those things. I am not that extreme. I haven't moved to Ohio yet. (laughs) I've moved to Ohio. (laughs) Unless they have to. I'm just saying I want that, but I can't. It's not in my makeup. But there's something almost science-y about Jesus that I love. You would love that book that my professor wrote then, I bet. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, there's something science-y about Jesus that, like, rings the bells of my cells in a way that I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not creepy. <laughs> What's interesting for me is I feel like I have felt lonely since my mom died, but I've, it's been the first time I've been okay with it. Maybe that's what I'm saying, too. I don't know. Like, but, but, I don't know. I'm never lonely with a cat. No, I mean, like, lonely and... I, I, I want to read something else. I, I, I'm just going to so be the person. Basically, this I, I, is just like Haley reading me to reading you from books. Up. Um, So I pulled this book. So in my grad school, which I think is like really been key to helping me survive the past few years, um, I've studied a lot of people's work. And Pima Chodron is someone that I've read <laughs> I don't like seven or eight of her books over the like it just they're very easy reads and I just love what she has to say and that when I read this I'm going to read to you an excerpt from it's called the wisdom of no escape and and the path of loving kindness is the like little subtitle part I'm just going to read little sections of chapter four it says In meditation and in our daily lives, there are three qualities that we can nurture, cultivate, and bring out. We already possess these, but they can be ripened. Precision, gentleness, and the ability to let go. Um, If we see our so-called limitations with clarity, precision, gentleness, good-heartedness, and kindness, and having seen them fully, then let go, open further, we begin to find that our world is more vast and more refreshing and fascinating than we'd realized before. 
anyways, she goes on to talk about that more. But the thing that like was like a ah, moment for me. And she goes, this is not an improvement plan. It's not a situation in which you're trying to be better than you are now. If you have a bad temper and you feel like you harm yourself and others, you might think for then sitting for a week or a month will make your bad temper go away. You will be the sweet person you've always wanted to be. Never again will a harsh word leave your lily white lips. The problem is that the desire to change is fundamentally a form of aggression towards yourself. The other problem is that our hangups, unfortunately or fortunately, contain our wealth. So she's this idea, she's like the innocent mistake that keeps us caught up in our own particular style of ignorance, unkindness, and shutdownness is that we are never encouraged to see clearly what is with gentleness. Instead, there's this basic misunderstanding that we should try to be better than we already are. We should try to improve ourselves and we should try to get away from painful things. And that if we could just learn how to get away from the painful things, we would be happy. So as someone who had read all these self-help books growing up that were all about manifesting forward and like getting away from whoever you are currently to be this other person, this was like a bell No, that's the opposite. All that's done for your whole adult life is told you that who you are now is not someone you want to be, that you're constantly chasing this other version of yourself. It was like I got it in that page. And I just realized like the difference is now I yes, I want to to have a like not manifesting in like a cheesy way but yes I want to have goals and and not in the way that I used to where you're like planning your whole life because you have no fucking idea what your life is going to be because cancer could just show up you know on a MRI tomorrow but this idea that no matter how ugly life is no matter how ugly I am no matter what I've done that is the worst you have to be okay with who you are and what and okay in a way that even if you're not okay with it, you just have to be in it and act from a place of love. And not shy away from the pain. And not shy away from any of it or the ugliness or anything. Just no. acknowledge that that is a piece of you. That helps so much with the the shame, which is we've all talked about many times being my underlying thing. Yeah, just to not, and, yeah. yeah. And it made all the difference. It was It was like the hugest shift that I've had. You know what the sciencey version of that is? Sure. Dialectical behavioral therapy. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it, you, you were reading that and I'm like, oh, that's like the spiritual version of <laughs> what they're always telling you to do. Because they have all this weird language stuff where you're not allowed to have say out loud judgmental thoughts. Mm-hmm. How weird that you're telling that part and I'm telling this part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I'm for me, sometimes as like. I'm sure on the surface I look like, you know, everyone's favorite crazy art teacher, but <laughs> deep down, I like the science <laughs> And I look like I work at Target, but deep down. You do not look like you work <laughs> How come every time I'm in Target, people ask for my help then? I do not know. Because you have a friendly face. you got to go in there with some more like resting bitch face looks. <laughs> because I tell you what, you know who never talks to me? Anybody in Target. I could go in wearing a ball gown and someone would be like, ma'am, <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. show me where um, the bedspreads are. And I'll be like, I don't work here, but aisle three, they're <laughs> lovely. They've got a boho look going on this week. I recommend Oval They're House. overpriced. <laughs> so did you use God in any explicit way when you lost your mom? Like, did you feel yourself going to church more? Did you feel yourself praying more? 
or do yeah prayer definitely prayer and being comfortable in prayer you know because I didn't feel alone I felt like I could give myself over to grief sometimes you know and still feel safe that I don't think I would have had if I hadn't found my way to however I think about Jesus Christo (laughs) and God the Father and all that it was finding whatever I found there that allowed me to feel safe enough to go to grief town that I don't think I would have felt safe enough to go to before. How does your grief shape what you believe in terms of like an afterlife? And, okay, and so this is where you start to diverge a bit. Uh, I mean, I don't know what is heaven. What is hell? I just don't know that it's... I certainly don't think there's, like, gold roads in a mansion where people sing. I need to... Doesn't that sound like... If awful? that was, yeah, yes. that's what I just remember being like now, a kindergartner so and being material? like... I, that's what I was like. So everything you tell us to avoid, you know, like... Oh, I know. I know. It That's makes no so sense. And then, I, they, you know, looking around like you'll be with your family forever. And I just remember even as a kid being like, I, forever? Forever? <laughs> they can see everything forever in every room? Where's the privacy? Are there studio <laughs> apartments in heaven? Like, I, how am I going to survive? And then she'd have us t- t- do picturing. Studio <laughs> apartments in heaven? <laughs> and then we'd have to picture the hell part. That was just brutal for to do to kids. So brutal. I had reoccurring nights nightmares my whole childhood about like space about infinity because of that woman can I just talk about how the most Haley sentence that I've ever heard (laughs) is I had recurring nightmares about space and infinity and my mom would come in my room and go what's wrong what's wrong I'd be like I had a nightmare what's wrong sweetie there's no monsters in your bed no infinity is forever (laughs) space you know what's so wide and we're so small she'd be like Okay. Um, <laughs> and she didn't go then, like. Can't help with that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that's that's where you are <laughs> infinitely deeper than me because you know what I had nightmares about? I'm dying to know. Aliens and werewolves. Oh, I had alien ones too. I used to fight aliens with Tom Selleck as Magnum PI no, in a convertible. Like, I once woke up hysterical. I think this was like my first like mental health clue mm-hmm. that like my brain chemistry was wrong <laughs> is I woke up hysterical from a nightmare and I could not be comforted. And did my parents rush me to a therapist to get me on antidepressants? No. What was the nightmare? Aliens. A- just that they were coming to get you or alien abduction. You were being abducted. Yeah. What if you were alien abducted? No. What if you're an alien? boring if i was an alien i bet i wouldn't say words wrong so often i just think that yeah if i were i think i would know if i were an alien and if i don't know if i'm actually an alien and i am doing like such deep (laughs) undercover work that i don't know you were like wipe my brain clean (laughs) i can't be a human and know what i know i know i'll never believe me i wonder if like i get to go to alien town and if they get to be like and bring you back and, and you're like oh my god what was happening can i just say a little why bit? did i look like that down there <laughs> oh michael you hit your head. i know i knew i was going to 
Um, I'm laughing about the part still at the beginning of this conversation where when you your response to being an alien was how boring. I just feel like if I was an alien and I was like sent on an intergalactic, this is not about grief. Do you believe? I, I just I'm dying to know. Do you believe in aliens? Um, I think that our. Do you believe in the possibility of it? Yes. Okay. I then, feel like the universe is too too great and good for me to shut down the possibility of anything. That's how I feel too. Um, and I mean, that's kind of how I feel on God. I just, you know, it was like uh, arms distance. How is that again? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I was not raised. What I always say in class is like I was not raised in the church, and so my whole experience with God and Christianity is based on. Um, a section of time in high school when I really wanted to be a Christian because things were shitty at home. My mom was an alcoholic. I'd been sexually abused. I was awkward and no one liked me. And I had such big, huge emotions I didn't know how to deal with. And I just wanted a place to go and feel safe, which, of course, church is not the place to go to for that. In my experience, mm. that did not provide that at all. And then I was like, well, this sucks. And you're hypocrites. And this is blatantly misogynistic no wonder my mom kind of doesn't want me to come here and so it's all found through the lens of being a grown-ass woman whose brain was not abused by having to imagine fiery hell (laughs) and in the wake of like progressive leftist christians which i don't know if that was a movement in like the 80s and i was gonna say i don't know that that Maybe there are churches like that now in my hometown, but I certainly don't think they were even options. Although I will say (laughs) that I remember my mom so desperately trying to get me because my mom and dad did not go to the church that I was raised at. That was we went with my grandparents like that was the thing that all the grandkids did with grandma and grandpa. So, yeah, but um, my mom would try out all these other churches and like. My mom was such an evangelical Christian that no church was good enough for her. Like that's like her level. They weren't strict enough. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, yeah, they didn't adhere to her rules. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, not with the God thing, but that that feels very like me. It's like no theater is good enough for me. And then my dad was very much like, I want to figure this out for myself with Mm. books and at home. But remember my mom finding one where there was she was so desperate to take me to because she thought it was like hip. Were there fucking drums there? No, that with drums. Oh, my God. I had so many college friends take me to the rock band churches. Also not my thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Super not my thing. Um, But no. It was in the YMCA, the hall at the YMCA, so like a gym uh-huh. with an an overhead projector. Sexy. And there was but it's something like, um, our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. That's all I know, but I hate this song. Our God is an awesome God. Okay, so everybody knows the song apparently. Well, anyways. The projector had like Jesus on a surfboard, no. like above the lyrics. No. And I just have this moment in my head that I will never, ever forget of my mom turning to me with like the biggest smile. Like she thought that it was going to like be the thing that clicked for me. And I wanted so badly to give her 
that back. And I just was, I just remember, I've always been such a snob. And I just was like, (laughs) this is absurd. You know, like I was so judgy about it. And I, and I think, I don't remember how I reacted. I don't, I, I, we probably fought. I probably did not give her the response Uh she wanted and we fought. And that was that because that's what we did throughout the entirety of my teenage years. But I just remember that hope in her eyes. Like, this is the ticket. Like, isn't this hip as gosh? Because I think that had happened like right after she bought me like that virginity key when I was 16 or 15. Okay, you need like, to stop a rewind and talk about the virginity key. Like, it was a necklace. Like, like you keep it and then you give it to your husband. And I th- I'm pretty sure when she gave it to me, I was still a virgin. And even then was like, oh, hell no. I'm. You think I'm going to wear that out in public? You were out of your damn mind. I got, I went to the Promise Keepers um, lecture series where they talked about, like, just, you know, stay pure, yada, yada, yada. Uh, oh, they did that gross thing where they like hand around like a tissue and everyone touches it. And it's like, now what is it like? What? That's what it's, oh, my God. You've never heard of this? No. They like hand around. Is it a tissue or is it like a, a something? Something. And it's like now uh, and everyone touches it and everyone goes through it. And by the end, they're like, how was it to begin with? Well, how is it now? Oh I know. And God bless my parents. Like they were not strong parents on a lot of things but the way they dealt with human sexuality and me especially considering the fact i had been molested was so spot on because they're like okay you could go like we'll support that and i remember my mom being like what's really important is you really like and trust this guy Mm. and i remember too because they let me read whatever i want knowing that an orgasm was possible and expected first time around. So that's what I got. Because you know why? That's what I demanded. Yeah, that complete opposite. My whole thing was like, touch someone under the neck. <laughs> You're probably going to burn in hell. So, um, you know, you asked me earlier if I believed in heaven. And I went, I made that sound and gesture. <laughs> I, think, I think I do. Because when you say it, I picture this spot in a forest with a sequoia tree and the sun coming through and some green grasses and some flowers that I don't think I've ever actually seen that I think is why heaven. My, what's interesting to me is why do you think that's what's next and not like what was before? Because in my picturing of it, like I'm the tree. Mm. And again, same question. What do you mean? Like, because I'm not a tree right now. <laughs> I mean, before, like before you were a person. Oh, I don't know. My feelings are, you know, who knows? Which I wish everybody, I feel like I would be more cool with all religions if people would just be like, I feel this way. I'm probably wrong. I might be right. Like, if everybody well, had that attitude, I yeah. would be cool with everybody. But you people don't. <laughs> I said you people, which is probably not the best way to make my case. But my God, I like how I, how often they say my God. I should be like my Athena, my Bob Dylan. In any case, I'm getting off subject. I like the idea of if there is something like that, that it is so far beyond whatever comprehension we have in this space that there's no way yes. we could even 
come up with it. Yes, And yes, all yes. these wars have been fought and children have been abandoned and people have argued for things that we couldn't even Begin verbalize comprehend. or comprehend in That's, our world. I do, I do often say that, like, like, listen, my God is not so small that he, which I hesitate to use, but, you know, for lack of another gender, but they... My God is not so small that they are going to get me on a technicality. They're big. They're bigger than I can imagine. And maybe that sequoia tree in the, in the morning light with the little grass fronds, that's, that's just the limited scope of my human have. imagination. Yeah. And, and, and when it comes to hell, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about the bible to know what it should be i'm pretty sure they're gonna kick me out of christianity after listening to this <laughs> like i'm a little scared i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get a letter that's like please stop calling yourself a christian <laughs> we do not want you, you. foul <laughs> agnostic get out but Haley, we're gonna try to get yeah <laughs> hey yeah they're coming for you you'll get a please come to my surfing drum jesus <laughs> I get people knocking at my door enough. God, he rains from heaven above, but I don't know of the other lyrics. My God is an awesome God. Jeez. (laughs) I feel like we have moved away from grief. Well, we were talking about heaven and which is part of it. Do you feel... I don't know how to word this. I feel that there has been some reconciliation that has taken place since my mom has died between the two of us. And I know logically that most of that is probably just work on my end. But I'd like to believe that there is some way, if I'm saying energy is what I believe in and her energy you know, if her body is being disintegrated into the earth and going back and, and you know, transferring back into energy and going out into the world, mm. that there is some form of energy out there that is shifted in this similar way to how I have shifted. And, I, and I'm not saying that that's what I think has happened or that I think she is involved in the reconciliation or anything, but I like to believe that we've both grown yeah i like to believe that my mom isn't hurting anymore like physically obvi but like struggling struggling same here same here i like to believe that she has seen herself in the the way that christ sees her like she's finally seen herself the way christ sees her in all of her phenomenal glory and that she's let the rest go. Yeah. And I do talk to her still. Are you even a human if you don't? Yeah, I talk to I I mean like something will happen that will make me laugh and be like, "Oh, mom." Like, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 of course. Sometimes I'll be like, "Come on, Christy. Help a girl out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you make a couple calls? <laughs> like, but if I could wish for anything, it would it would be to be seen the way I think the way Christ sees her. The way Christ sees us in in my belief Mm -hmm. which is just phenomenally and beautifully made yeah i think my sister's greatest hope was always that my mom would get to a place where she has her god 
would be like you you worried about some of the wrong stuff and made some bad decisions because of it but overall you were good and tried hard and loved people and well so done, that whatever that version would shift that she she would love us in the in the way that we wished that she would have while she was here that has happened it'd be nice to think well you know know, as the christian in the room (laughs) yeah well yeah so if he if your jesus is real that that is what he would be like but of course i mean there are other christians who would be like no (laughs) yeah like i'm sorry but wrong is wrong yeah and uh sure i mean i don't think any human can know I don't want a God. I don't want a God that a human being can fully comprehend. I, that's how that's. Yeah, I, I feel that is something we can agree on. And for I'll sure. never trust the arrogance of anyone who says this is the way it is. If you're not tempering it with, well, from what I've read and I've heard this yeah. and I could be wrong. But you know what I think would be really beautiful? Like my dream that, um, for everybody. I wish that this is what happens. I have no, if you were to say, but do you think it happens? There's 12% of me that thinks it's a possibility. (laughs) But this is what you want to be the truth. What I want to be the truth is that the moment you die, you feel everything you've ever made other people feel, whether it's love or shame or hurt or desire or gratitude or pain or any of it. And that for most of us, it's more good than bad. I feel like that would be such a beautiful, uh, like a Spotify year-end wrap to your life. Okay, but you need to, can you please describe what my face looked like when you first said that? You look like you were scared of what your, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, if you live your life in a way, you know, and, and that it also weighs everything that's been done to you too, so that so that there's compassion for if, Oh, you feel that, oh, I remember I did that to that one person that was really crappy, but it was also because someone had done that to me. And then you see back all in one moment what made them do that to you and yeah. so on. So that you have this huge, vast understanding of what drives people and what drove you and and all the things that we don't tell each other. Yeah. I think, God, that would be magnificent. Don't you think? God. We- <laughs> hey, God. That would be cool. So if you could do that when I die, I'd really appreciate it. What if God's like, oh, shit, she figured it out. <laughs> if you find me dead tomorrow. <laughs> Hurry up. Because I figured out the secret of the universe. we got to spite her. Which I thought I did once on shrooms. <laughs> I really thought I had it for like three hours. Well, that was the most perfect timing ever. <laughs> oh, God, H-Bear, that was good. <laughs> I love that. But you know what? What's to say we can't do that a little bit or, or that we don't all, that that's not already the way things are, but it's just Well, people who communicate well can, but No, like, but I'm saying like like who is to say that without us knowing that's what happens? Like it's happening only more stretched out that that everything we're visiting on others. I mean, I guess that's karma, right? It's well, yeah, life life us. sort of works that way, yeah. I suppose, in in small just, expanding ways, but yeah. You know, you don't even even as an artist, every once in a while you'll get like an email or a card or something from someone whose life you've touched through your art, whether that be working directly with them or as an audience member or something. But you don't you're looking at me like that's never happened. That's never happened. 
happened to me? Why am I such a shitty artist that that's literally never happened I don't think to me? it's that as much as I like very consciously choose the pieces I work on to to have that impact. Oh, I do too. <laughs> but I mean, so, I'm very often you're like, I this role is cool. It's not like, okay, it, you okay, know what I mean? Okay, I hear what you're saying. Sorry, I don't mean to belittle your art at all. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to do the opposite and it's coming out wrong. <laughs> Are you on shrooms right now? <laughs> Just, <laughs> no, I don't have any. If somebody would like to bring me some. No. It's been a while. You only live once. <laughs> My dad is horrified. Okay, your dad's probably not listening. My dad listens. My dad does not. Say hi to my dad. I say hi to Carl. His name's Doug. Hi, Doug. (laughs) Haley's a good girl. (laughs) He has stories, too, for when he was young. Oh, don't they all? Yeah. Especially our dad's generation. My dad, I grew up on my dad being like, this one time. We drove the car down the street. Why does your dad sound like my dad? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the dad voice. And it was so full of pot smoke, we couldn't see the front. <laughs> and then he'll like tell this whole story, and then at the end he'll be like, but you don't do that. <laughs> so, you know, it's just be like talking about the good old days, oh. but you don't do that. Um, I never did do that. I was such a good girl. My parents got lucky. What else can we cover on this subject? Because I because I want to make sure we cover it good. Because I feel like it's a good th- and we're probably not going to come back to it. And there's probably more I could say. Okay, say it. Well, I've got to figure out. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, this is the thing. I think I think that as our understanding of life changes, our understanding of God will change, and that if we keep doing this, maybe we do need to revisit it. Um, because there are still things about a omnipotent God that I haven't figured out how I square myself with it. Okay, so but this is the thing that I want to say is that I I know I've said it like seven times already, but I'm just going to say it again. My relationship with my faith and with God is always growing. And there are things about God and the idea of an omnipotent creator like babies dying like children dying like people who die unnecessarily from starvation and war that I don't know I don't understand how all of that works together yet so in some ways I'm lucky because my mom's death I can understand but I don't even know how you begin to understand when it's not understandable when it's an unknowable thing like losing a child I watch Pat Oswalt's special have you watched that on the netflixes he talks about how his wife believed that it was all chaos so you just really needed to be kind and she would say the transcendently beautiful writer um uh uh, mcnamara michelle michelle mcnamara would say according to her um husband it's all chaos so be kind Uh, that i feel is in some way the essence of what i think of as my faith but then there's that whole omnipotent creator thing that I don't know how to link them together yet because I'm still a little baby Christian. <laughs> I don't know, but I do like that. Everything is chaos. Be kind because that fits into both. To both. I think kindness and love. Really for me, what what I've learned through my healing process is that self-love for me 
has been the key to unlocking all the rest of the things. Forgiveness for her and myself and everyone else <laughs> and the world for continuing to move, yeah. you know, and yeah. not being great. Um, all of that has been connected to to finally being able to turn in. It's so funny because I'm the yin to your yang because experiencing Christ's love is what has allowed me to forgive my mom and the world for not stopping and yeah and who's to say they're not ultimately the same thing in a lot of ways oh yeah and isn't it kind of fun to be human and not know and get to like try to figure it out that's what so many christians have a problem with and then that's why i ultimately have a problem with so many christians and it becomes that thing where i say things about Christians in negative ways, the way you say you hate all white men when you have plenty of white men friends that you don't hate all of them. It's I like don't hate all of them. The, the same. I have plenty of wonderful Christian uh, friends and family. I've won. Yes, you're among them that I don't feel that way. It just becomes this like generality when yeah. it's the this idea of another thing that I've learned from grief is like I nothing you can you can change so quickly. Things can change mm. so overnight and shift your entire world perspective, your entire identity. And to act like that might not happen again the next time I lose someone dear to me yeah. is crazy. That if I were to lose my sister, I might have to find God to get through it. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm fully aware that could be any moment. Yeah, but probably not. Okay, Lindsay, can you just check in when you hear this so we don't <laughs> think anything's happened to you? Also, just for the record, I love quite a few white men. No, I know. Like, I don't hate all of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just feel bad. Because <laughs> I'm scared when I say that my brother thinks, he, I, I mean, that I hate him and I don't. I have a great little brother. I mean, that's a whole, Other I don't thing. know that that's a topic for th- for this show, but that's certainly a, a conversation. That's uh, a heated discussion between mm-hmm. my sister and I and our father as heated well. Heated discussion. But, you know, I, I think it's funny to, it's just like, we definitely, you know, maybe that's an episode. What? Talking about grief in a patriarchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, I'd be interested <laughs> in that. Yeah, and you could touch in on like mourners and like, uh, yeah. But, but let's wrap this up. Yes. Sorry. Something I want to <laughs> say is that I love not knowing and knowing at the same time. And I love being in a place where I'm comfortable with those disparate thoughts existing at the same time in my brain. And it feels like the most alive I have been. And it's a direct result of sitting in my grief and living so intimately with death for the first time for me. I have a very similar experience where I feel like you know, my life was this big before my mom died, before the cancer, and that grief has pushed it further low than I thought possible. But the flip side of that coin that we've talked about before has pushed that side wider. And so life has just expanded for better and for worse. It's a completely bittersweet gift that I am simultaneously feel devastated by and grateful for at the same time. Any final thoughts on God? I am glad that I believe in him. And I would say 
I feel like I'm less mad at God the older I get. And so maybe one day we can be friends. He's cool. I'll invite him to the next party. (laughs) I don't like using the he's. I don't like the gendered terms. I don't like thinking of him as a white man with a beard. I'll invite them to the next party. Uh, that just put a different image in my head. But for this episode, we've we've gone on enough. Uh, we'd love to hear what you all think. Yes, um, especially this... other Christians. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but wow, I especially don't... other non-Christians. No, but listen, I have no real Christian oh. community, so I would be really, really interested in other progressive Christians reaching out and being and saying things to me. And I would love to hear from other meditative, non-religious people. <laughs> you have that entire community. Like, your entire life is that community is all I'm saying. Eh, I don't know. I'll meditate right now. It's funny because I feel like I kind of feel the same way as you do, but on, the, like, the other side. I, I, I mean, maybe maybe my school friends, but, like, my my real friends are, like, they, they identify as atheists, a lot of them. And then oh. I've got my family who's, like, super Christian, so... Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, yeah, yeah, but yeah. We, I just think it's interesting. And, you know, as long as people can keep it civil, I think related to grief, it's interesting. And, and, and it, you know, how God helped you get th- or is helping you get through your healing. And then if you don't have God, um, what you're doing instead, because not everybody's going to use art or grad school. So I would love to hear on all of that. Um, if you want to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Um, yeah, and I know that Lindsay and Michelle can be really polite online. So we're okay. We do have other listeners. We, we, we're slowly growing. I know you don't believe us, but we are slowly. We're starting to have people like message me on Instagram about appearing on the show. Ooh. Yeah. Our Pinterest viewership is going way up. Yes. So, um, <laughs> Pinterest, it's not like people are listening on Pinterest, but still, they might our social media presence is like through the roof. We've gone up from like 90 to like 128 or something. So, I mean, we're not a Kardashian, but we're doing okay. Okay. <laughs> In any case, <laughs> we're going to close out this week with a song by Veronica May. Um, she is a dear friend of mine who is kind of like family at this point. She dated my sister for a long time and then they were in a band together for a long time as well. And um, she has a new album coming out on the 19th. I'm saying that date because I'm not sure it's right around the time we're releasing this episode. So I don't know if it'll be right before or right after. Um, But um, she lost her father this year and um, it came. um, He was sick, but it came kind of quickly. Um, so she, this is a song from her new album and, um, veronicamay.com. But anyways, um, love her, all my love to her and, um, hope you enjoy the song. Okay. See you next week. Okay. Bye.
said, let's take a walk. Too bad we didn't know. Be just around the block. Two months to the day from chemo treatment to the morning you went away. Took the shortcut home. 